Hello, I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, coming to you with another Matins podcast for this fourth Sunday in Advent, which in the one-year lectionary is known as, if I can say this correctly, Rorate Kali, that is, come down ye heavens. It is the psalmist and the Old Testament saints calling down the Christ from heaven of which we are just days away from as we approach Christmas Day, and which we are closer to than we ever realize in Christ's return in glory. And this Sunday, this fourth Sunday in Advent, we will hear in the Gospel the testimony of John, which is fitting to hear from John right before we welcome Christ on Christmas Day. With that, we'll begin this fourth Sunday in Advent with the hymn, Comfort, Comfort, Ye My People.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Behold, the King cometh. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Behold, the King cometh. O come, let us worship him. Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. He is going forth from the end of the heaven, and his circuit is unto the ends of it and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together. The Old Testament lesson for this fourth Sunday in Advent is written in the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy, beginning at the 15th verse. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up to you a prophet from among you, of your brothers, like me. You shall listen to him. This is according to all that you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb, in the day of the assembly, saying, 
Let me not hear again the Lord my God's voice, neither let me see this great fire any more, that I not die. The Lord said to me, They have well said that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brothers, like you. I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I shall command him. It shall appear that whoever will not listen to my words which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of Philippians, beginning at the fourth verse. Brothers, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. In nothing be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Alleluia! Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies, for they have been ever of old. Alleluia! 
The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the first chapter. This is John's testimony. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He declared, and didn't deny, but he declared, I am not the Christ. They asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. They said therefore to him, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. The ones who had been sent were from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then do you baptize, if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you don't know. He is the one who comes after me, who is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loosen. These things were done in Bethany beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of our Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. In his days shall Judah be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called, the Lord, our righteousness.
We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now today in the Gospel, we roll back the clock just a little bit from last week. This week, John the Baptist is not yet in prison. Instead, he's at the Jordan, near the wilderness, proclaiming and baptizing. And on the shores of the Jordan, John is drawing crowds from all over Judah, from Jerusalem and all the surrounding countryside. People are coming to hear his voice, to receive his baptism. And they're talking. Reports of him are spreading far and wide, including back to Jerusalem, to the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, the spiritual leaders, those who consider themselves to be the spiritual elites who were seen by others as being holy and above the rest. The Pharisees were glorified by other men for how they kept the law, and they loved this glory. So when the Pharisees hear about John the Baptist, well, perhaps there was some jealousy for the attention John was getting. But more than that, there was opportunity. What if, for instance, they could get John to join them, or if they could get John to glorify them for how they lived, for who they were? How much more glory could there be in this for the Pharisees if John were to come to Jerusalem and sing their praises, especially if John himself carried an Old Testament title like that of the prophet, or Elijah, or even the Messiah. If he did, then the Pharisees could be glorified beyond their wildest dreams. So our text begins, saying this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Notice how much the Pharisees here think of themselves. They don't bother themselves to go down to John, to speak to him personally. Instead, in their pride and with their authority, they send messengers to go and question him. They may want John's praise, but they are not about to be seen as lower than John or even for him to be seen as at the same level as them. So these messengers go and they question John. Who are you? Now don't think for a second that this is a friendly conversation. That this is like an icebreaker or hobnobbing like at some high scale party. This is more like an interrogation. Who are you? Who are you to preach like this? To baptize? To gather such crowds? What's being implied here is. Are you the Christ? Now, imagine here the opportunity and the temptation for John. If he says yes, if he says, I'm the Christ, the crowds are willing to believe him. These messengers would take him back to the Pharisees. He could get out of the wilderness. He could leave living on locusts and go live with the Pharisees in luxury in Jerusalem. He could with them bask in the glory of men and be revered as the long-coming Messiah. Now, it would be a lie, of course, but a life of glory is right there for John to take in this life. If only John would turn his testimony 
back onto himself. But John doesn't do that. He confesses the truth. He refuses to deny the Christ, but will only confess the Christ and in so doing deny himself. So John answers plainly, I am not the Christ. Clear as day. So the messengers, well, they go down their list and they ask, well, then are you Elijah? Because you see, Malachi, the last prophet to grace Israel 400 years before this, prophesied that Elijah would come before the Christ. Now, it's, it's not being the Christ. But if John was Elijah, this would still give them a chance to, to gain them glory. Yet notice... They didn't ask John if he had come in the spirit and power of Elijah. They weren't looking for that. Instead, much like the Orthodox Jews today, they were looking for Elijah himself to return from the heavens. This would still have been a great opportunity for John to bask in the glory of men, but instead he simply says, I am not. Well, now the messengers trying to figure out who John is, get to the bottom of their list. And and they ask, are you the prophet? The one Moses prophesied about that we just heard about in the Old Testament lesson. This prophet who Moses said would be as great as him to come from among the brothers of Israel. Now this perhaps in, in, in the Pharisees' thoughts isn't, being the Christ, it's not being Elijah, but if John was the prophet and would glorify the Pharisees, it would still be to their gain. And for John, it would still earn him glory among men as well. But John doesn't go for that. In fact, he's getting impatient. It's becoming clear why they're now interrogating him, and they don't care about what he's proclaiming or or his baptism. So he gives a very short and curt answer, no. And with that, John's witness doesn't seem to be giving glory to anybody. Think of this yourself. When you're out and about and meeting people, who catches your attention? Who do you want to know and who do you want to be seen with? Is it everyday folks, simple clerks, auto repair guys, cashiers, janitors? Or is it those with money, those that are well known, those with power, with reputation, who, if you're seen with them, you get a bit of their glory as well? Sure, we're cordial with common everyday people, but we want our time and focus on those who can give us glory. And so here, as the messengers interrogate John, we understand their disappointment. We understand how John, not being any of these, the Christ, Elijah, the prophet, it's not sitting well with them for someone gaining so much attention and authority. Because what are these messengers supposed to do now? Are they supposed to go back to the Pharisees completely empty-handed, saying, He's not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet. We've got nothing on this guy. Is that what they're going to say? Well, if they do that, then they're telling the Pharisees, in effect, this no-name guy is stealing your glory, drawing crowds, 
stealing your thunder, and threatening your authority. Well, instead of doing that, the messengers, they want to push the interrogation further. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? In other words, give us something, man. Well, finally, this question gives John a chance to make a confession. A confession not about who he isn't, but about who he is. So John said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, just as the prophet Isaiah said. In other words, John is saying, you priests, you Levites, you Pharisees, you know and keep the scriptures. I'm the one Isaiah told you about. I'm the one making straight the way of the Lord. I'm the voice in the wilderness. And for those who knew the scriptures, like the Pharisees were supposed to know them, what John is saying is this. He's saying, I'm making ready the way from the, for the Messiah, for the Christ, the Son of God, and he's right behind me. He's saying the long-awaited glory of Israel was right at his heels. This is a message from John of repentance. That is, this is a message of God himself is coming in the flesh. Repent of your sins now in my baptism so you may be ready for him who's just about here. John is telling everyone, the crowds, the Jews, the messengers, the Pharisees, you repent. Humiliate yourself. Come down from your pride. Recognize yourself and your sin and repent. Bear the fruits of repentance by how you live. That's what John is saying. Forget about the glory of men. Humiliate yourself from that. Lower yourself. Recognize your sin. Lower yourself and repent. For these messengers who knew the scriptures, what John was saying should have been enough to frighten them, for them to beg John for his baptism and repent of their sins as he poured the waters over them. They should have looked on their lives in the mirror of the Ten Commandments. This should have made them want to bring others to John since they're spiritual leaders. This should have made these messengers want to go and tell the Pharisees that they needed to go and repent and be baptized by John ASAP. That should have been their reaction. Their reaction should have been to meet the Son of God in his humiliation, in his incarnation, in the humiliation of their repentance. It should have been to meet the Son of God who left his high throne in heaven to be lowly with us on earth by leaving the glory of men and bowing low before John to receive his baptism. That's how they should have met Christ. They should have done this so they could be ready to embrace Christ just as Simeon did. Because you see, John's witness is for us, telling us to humiliate ourselves in repentance, to come down from our pride and repent. 
That is what it means to make straight the way of the Lord, to remove the obstacles of sin and pride, to lower ourselves, to meet Him. As we said, that's what they should have done. But instead of meeting Christ in His humiliation, instead of meeting Him there in their own repentant humiliation, they wanted to meet the glory of God in their own glory. Match God glories with their own. They wanted to meet the face of God with their own keeping of the law, with the glory they received from men, with their own works, with their own status. Thinking then that God would glorify them all the more because they thought they deserved it. Because they thought of themselves they were holy enough. So this idea of humiliating themselves in repentance or humiliating themselves by being baptized by a seemingly no-name guy in this John with other sinners in the same waters, all of this was absurd to them. They were not about to debase themselves in this way. Now that's an easy trap to fall into, isn't it? When we look good in the eyes of our family and friends and the crowds and the world, oh, we love that glory. And when we feel like we've been put up on that pedestal, when we feel like we've earned it, we want to do what we want to do. And who is going to tell us that what we want to do is wrong? So then a little gossip, well, it's no big deal, right? Why listen to your boss or parents when they clearly don't know what they're talking about, right? If you're single, what's a small fling or a one-night stand? If you're married, what's a little extramarital flirting? At work, what's the big deal if you take a little bit longer break? On more than one occasion, nearly every day, if no one notices, and still get paid for it. And who is anybody else to tell us we're wrong? Who's the scriptures to tell us we're wrong, or John the Baptist, or God's pastors, or other brother Christians? If everyone sees us as great, why debase ourselves by saying we did wrong, by repenting? Why can't it just be right in our eyes and let that be that? In fact, we at times become hostile to anyone confronting us on our sin. And we become hostile, maybe by telling them off, by questioning their authority, questioning if they really know what they're talking about, or at church, maybe just leaving altogether. Well, these messengers, they're no different than we are. After all, they're from the high and mighty Pharisees. They're probably reminding John of this right now. And who is this John to imply anything about repentance for them? They didn't take too kindly to this. So they remind John who they're from. And instead they question his authority. Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? As if to say, we haven't given you authority to do all of this. Who are you to challenge us? Now think for a minute, how many of us, if we're in John's shoes, would he ever get defensive? You know, kind of take a jab back at these jerks, maybe 
belittle them, put them down, try to put them in their place. But notice in John's answer, his humility. He says, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Notice how John answers their sinful pride in his humility. I baptize with water. That is, I baptize with only water. My authority is from the one who is coming, who's already here among you, who you don't recognize, who you don't recognize unless you humiliate yourself in repentance, in the repentance of this baptism. The messengers should know this. They should have known this from everything John said before. If they were wise, they would have repented and waited for John to spot the Messiah out for them. We should know this as well. But blessed be to God that he sends John to spell it out for us. It is now five days before Christmas. Christ is at the door. And before we celebrate Christ coming to us in the flesh, before he comes again in glory, God the Father puts John before us to make straight the way of the Lord to tell us before the Lord comes to repent, repent from our pride, repent from seeking men's glory over God's, repent for seeing ourselves as higher than God. Repent by remembering your sins and being baptized. That's John's message before Christmas. That him, that is him making straight The way between today and Christmas Day, between today and the last day. It's him telling you and me, repent and be baptized to receive, to be ready to receive what's coming down from heaven. For behold, Christ comes as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. He comes this Christmas in all humility to die for you and for me, for our sins and the sins of the whole world. So that in his humility, in his death, you may be saved by the pouring out of his blood. So you may repent of your filthy glory and join him in the resurrection. You may join him in his glory of the resurrection given to you. Of which you partake of in baptism. So that baptized and living in repentance you may be ready for the babe on Christmas Day, so you may be ready to join Christ in his glory on the last day. Don't try to match your glory with Christ. Repent and receive his glory, so that ready you may rejoice on Christmas Day, so that now ready in repentance you may rejoice on the day when he comes again. John's witness here means the Christ is coming. And for those who are ready, rejoicing is at hand. Christmas is near. Our Lord is near. In Advent, it means he is now in the womb of the Virgin. Right now, it means he is at the door. Your rejoicing is among you, even here at this altar at church. If we listen to John, we will recognize it. We'll recognize it on the altar in the body and blood will recognize it in the flesh when he descends from the clouds on that day. We'll recognize it on Christmas 
when Mary gives birth to the Christ child. For that, thanks be to God for calling us all to humility. Amen. Now may the grace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the Deum. Redeemed with thy precious. 
continue with the prayer, beginning with the Kyrie. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. We pray the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We are bold to pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Stir up your power, we beseech you, O Lord, and come and help us with your great might, that by your grace whatsoever is hindered by our sins may be speedily accomplished through your mercy and satisfaction. 
who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Donald, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially this day do we pray for all those we name in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, Remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, 
hear our prayer. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood, your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes, when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power, and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Alleluia. Teach me thy paths. Alleluia. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, might be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let us pray together. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen. Oh, 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 oh. 
thank you for joining us on the Christ the King podcast this week. We'll be back later this week with the Christmas Eve and Christmas services, probably posted about a day or two after those actual services, if we can't get them posted the night of. But if you are in Spencer, in this listening area, please know that you can join us in person for the Christmas Eve service here at 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve, the 24th. And you can join us for the Christmas Day service at 9 a.m. here at Christ the King. And for that one, for the Christmas Day service, we'll be having the the Good Saints at uh, First English Lutheran Church here in Spencer joining us. So please, if you're in Spencer, come and join us for those services. We'd love to have you. All the all the hymn music for this podcast comes from smallchurchmusic.com. Until next time, I am Pastor Michael McGinley signing off. <laughs>